I used to spend a lot of time worrying about my resume, whether it was updated, whether I should be sending it to people. And now to me, it's more like resumes. Where we're going, we don't need resumes because we're going to Linky Land. And in Linky Land, it does seem that your content game can more or less replace your resume. At least that's that's the idea, and that's what we're getting into on today's episode. My name is Tony Albrecht, and this is In Linky Land, a podcast about the power of creating and connecting on LinkedIn. Today I'm joined by, uh, we get into it a little bit, but uh, two younger millennials. I would be an elder millennial. Uh, Julie Rader and Brianna Doe. Um, and I, I wanted to talk to these two women who are both fantastic uh, in how they're doing on LinkedIn, where Brianna's following is about 54,000 humans. Uh, Julie is pushing 37,000 humans in her network. And they both uh, have come on my radar and a lot of people's radars, obviously, uh, for how they talk about getting jobs or moving your career forward. Uh, Brianna is the founder of the Career Lab. Uh, she's also the founder of Soul Food Studio, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh, and she's starting these projects, hustles, businesses, while also working full-time. Um, a woman after my own heart, given my need to have nine different projects going at any given time. Uh, but what Brianna is building over there is really, truly impressive. Right? Where it's starting to scale, she's getting a ton of attention. She is really striking a nerve and I think meeting people where they're at, uh, where it seems the the ways we've thought about getting jobs, just like the spray and pray on LinkedIn jobs or Indeed or what job boards, whatever. Um, she's taking what feels like a more human uh, and frankly, a more enjoyable approach to to trying to, to land roles. Um, Meanwhile, Julie uh, is in customer success with Dooley. Dooley is, uh, I think uh, of them as one of the companies that's an example of how to effectively use LinkedIn to build a brand uh, as a company. Um, and Julie got a job with them uh, in 2022 after transitioning from education to tech uh, and the way she networked on LinkedIn was really unusual uh, where we'll, we'll dig into this, but she kind of went from being a, an educator who was saying, all right, I'm, I'm looking for a new role 
to becoming a power user of the platform and just kind of being all over the place, engaging and, and contributing to conversations in a way that opened a number of doors for her and landed her where she is now. So we've got kind of the macro and the micro of how to use LinkedIn for advancing your career. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation. I also want to throw out there that this episode of In Linky Land is sponsored by the author's playbook, a course from a friend and fellow Linky entrepreneur, Dennis Galeen. Um, and actually in this episode, we're going to have uh, the second edition of Hustle Corner. And we may need a better name than Hustle Corner, but, but uh, I'll be joined by Dennis for a few minutes and we'll get into what the author's playbook is, who it's for, and why it might be able to help you take that idea for a book you've had and turn it into a book that is out in the world. Uh, Dennis is an excellent human and uh, a four-time author, so he, he knows what he's talking about. Let's get after it. Julie and Brianna. Bree, Julie, thank you for joining me here in Linky Land. Uh, this is a podcast where I believe we've been trying to schedule this one for, I believe it's eight years at this point. I think <laughs> we were starting to schedule this seven years before I started posting on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that we've made it happen and thank you both for being here yeah thank Thanks you so for having us um what i'm gonna want to get into with the two of you specifically today is around the power of linkedin for finding jobs in a way that is different more nourishing uh more dare i say enjoyable than the way <laughs> we've always thought about it uh, as the two of you are uh, I would say authorities on this subject from different angles. Um, but let's start off with a little bit of background, uh, who you are, where you are coming from, uh, and what it is that you care about in terms of what you talk about on LinkedIn. Uh, Bree, you want to lead us off? Cool. Yeah. So I'm Bree or Brianna. Um, by day I work in marketing for a CNC company and by night slash lunch breaks. I am a career coach, career mentor, primarily with college students and entry to mid-level professionals. And as for what I talk about on LinkedIn, it's mainly that, what you already mentioned, um, how to land a job, but not just land a job, but build a career and see each career move as, you know, just one more piece of the puzzle. So learning how to build relationships and network effectively and really just step into your unique strengths. And you're in Arizona, is that right? Oh yeah, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Fantastic. And Julie, how about you? Nice. Yeah, and I'll just say, Bree is a rock star on LinkedIn. Oh, I'll just stop. say that. <laughs> you're awesome. Okay, so um, I am by day. I work at Dooley. I am a CSM, so it's my first job in tech. It's been awesome. And I used to talk a lot about 
getting jobs and like how I navigated my transition from education to um, the tech world. So I know a little bit about that as well. I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm uh, know a lot about how to network effectively and like connecting and how to, how to get a job uh, around about a way, I guess I would say, I don't necessarily talk about it too much anymore. Um, I talk more about like reflections and lessons that I'm learning and I'm kind of trying to navigate where I'm going next with, with LinkedIn, but I definitely can give some tips and strategies, but Brie is, is definitely a rock star in terms of talking about all that stuff consistently right now. So, oh my gosh, game recognizes game. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Game does recognize game. And I, what I appreciate about the two of you is uh, Brie comes with this macro perspective where you you're building out this job board and I, you are flat out killing it on LinkedIn. I mean, I feel like when we, when we started thinking about this episode, I want to say it was in November. And I feel like you've, oh. you've gone from like, I feel like you were at like 25 or 30,000. Then you're at like 90 today. Oh my and God. No, I'm at 50, but thank you. You're at 50. <laughs> That when I was like, I was like, too, I was like, Brie, the other day, I was like, you need to get like a post that has like 5,000 likes. And she's like, well, I already had one that was like 20. And she didn't say that in like a, she didn't say that in like a, oh, like got you way. And she was just like, oh yeah, I didn't even know that you're awesome. So she, she just rocks. But anyway, Thank you. yeah, same for you too. Well, and Julie, you bring this micro perspective on the job hunt where uh, I connected with you. I want to say last spring while you were trying to land your your first role in tech. And I don't know that I've seen anybody else use the platform the way you did in, in the way you were approaching that. So maybe that's a good place to to dig in a little deeper and then we'll pull the lens back and, and get into what, what Bree's doing. But can you lay out kind of where you were at in trying to transition from education and how you saw LinkedIn as a way to get where you were trying to go in a way that you turned into a an absolute power user in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. So I had been thinking about leaving education for a bit, and then I just finally pulled the plug and and quit my job. Um, and everyone was saying, you know, you got to get LinkedIn. You got to get on LinkedIn to get a job in like business. So got on LinkedIn. And in the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, just connect with whoever, connect with some family, connect with friends, like start there. And I was, I was kind of like going the resume route. And then I was like, okay, I, I, it was an outlet for me, creative outlet for writing since I love writing. And I was like, this is cool. This is a creative outlet for me. And so I started posting a little bit. And then I realized, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as a way to connect with others. And I I started realizing, like, I got some traction with my posts. And then I started connecting with a bunch of people networking wise. Then I'm like, okay, this is, and I wasn't getting any traction with resumes, just submitting them either. Um, And so then I found a way to kind of go back the background way to get connections with people and businesses that I wanted to um, work for. And then I got an interview that way. So I found a way to connect with people via DMs and also like commenting on posts and strategically. And I started getting more strategic as I started realizing this is a way that I can get in front of people versus just sending the resume because 
I, I was assuming that people were seeing my resume as just, you know, like she didn't work in business yet. She's not going to have anything to provide. And so then I was like, I, I did my research. Like I had been, you know, attending webinars, reading books and things, connecting with people in the CS space. And I was like, I just need to get in front of people. Like I'm hungry to get started. Like I just need experience, you know, I need to get, get going. And so then I started getting in front of people and found a way to do that. And then I was like, how, why can't I just do this to get a job? Like to get an interview, I should say, to get the job. Who are you learning from? Like when you showed up on LinkedIn and started, you really did go, all of a sudden, I feel like you were everywhere in a way that was pretty sudden. Um, and I, so I'm interested in who your influences were. So it seems like when we start paying attention more to LinkedIn and it opens up in that new way, you know, there's, it's almost like a, a family tree of influence right? <laughs> as, as we go along. Yeah. I don't know if there was anyone that influenced me in terms of like how to network and connect. You just made I that start... up. <laughs> like, I feel like it's, you know, when everyone's like in my mind, I'm always like, I need everything on paper before I actually go take something. Right. Like that's my, one of my like weaknesses, like, but I need to, you just need to literally start go doing and some start doing something and building, but, and then you learn. Right. And that's kind of like what I did. I had no other option. I was like, I need to start getting on the platform. I need to start figuring this stuff out because I need a job. Like I had no job at the time. Right. So it was obviously easy for me to be on the platform a lot. Like I was spending lots of hours, but yeah. then I realized like, oh, this is something that I can utilize to get a job. And I wasn't, it clicked for me at one point where I was like, I'm submitting this resume. I'm submitting this resume and I'm not getting anything, but I'm like, I'm better than this. Right. Like I can get a job. I, I know I can, like, I'm a good, I'm a good employee. And so then I just started like thinking, okay, what is everyone else doing and what can I do differently? And so that was when it really started clicking for me. And that's when I started doing it, trying something new. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. Brie, okay. So you've got a hustle and that is, it's, <laughs> it's, as I was prepping for this podcast, I was like, oh, this is like, this is legit what you're building. Um, and you're building it as a marketer, as you said. So mm -hmm. it's not necessarily something that a, I mean, there are lots of marketers in the world, right? There are very few marketers. I would posit almost zero who are building the sort of thing you're building. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about what it is you're building and how you came to be doing that? Yeah, definitely. So I recently launched the Career Lab, which is like I offer one-to-one -one coaching, but the main focus of it is access to a job board that I'm building with you know curated opportunities. I'm a talent collective, so companies can connect directly to candidates that you know fit whatever criteria they're looking for. And then just free job resources, well, job search resources and general like career building um, assets as well. And that's it's funny, like I am in marketing. I love marketing. I'll probably never leave marketing. But as a marketer, I'm also very aware that regardless of what field you're actually in, you need to know how to market yourself. Um, and so being able to combine this, you know, passion for helping people build careers with just what I've learned over the past decade in this field, it's been a very unique opportunity. Um, and it's coming together pretty seamlessly. So I, I didn't know this was going to be my direction. Like I knew what I was passionate about. Um, I started mentoring college students last year and started realizing like how much I enjoy it and how much knowledge I have to share um, and just kind of, you know, 
built from there. So is the job board that you're building out, you had mentioned early to mid-career, is the job board aimed more at people earlier in their career? No, it's for anybody. So it's everything from internships to like VPs. Okay, right on. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so why a job board? <laughs> this might seem counterintuitive, but because there are so many, I feel like, you know, I would get on LinkedIn and I'd see people posting really helpful things, but posting like, hey, I know about these six jobs that are open or use this link and you'll find a couple more jobs. Um, and then you have the standard job boards that everybody's looking at. You have LinkedIn, you have WeWork Remotely, you have Indeed even. Um, and I just wanted to provide another resource. There are so many opportunities out there that I don't think people even know about because I didn't until I started looking. Um, I don't, it's not so much a hidden job market. I know people use that phrase a lot, but there is just, there are companies that are thriving and that are hiring and maybe just don't put the, you know, advertising dollars behind hiring new folks. And so it's cool to see, I get messages when people, you know, connect with companies through the job board, when they have interviews, when they land the jobs and the thread that's really woven those messages together has just been, I didn't even know this company existed. Like, and it's the perfect job for me, so. Right on. Um, are you viewing, so I know you also have Soul Food Studio, which is yeah. uh, another, I, do you call it a side hustle? I don't, yeah, or, I just don't sleep. I just keep starting <laughs> new things. Um, it sounds like you and I have some things in common. We just have too <laughs> much stuff going on for our own good. But what is that? What's Soul so Food Soul Studio? Food Studio for context, um, two years ago, up until two years ago, I'd usually have a couple jobs at once. And just because I wanted to learn as much as I could, and I just like being busy, but I was also really burnt out. So I decided to take a break and just have one job for once. Um, and I got really <laughs> bored <laughs> and I missed being creative. And I didn't want to find another job, but I wanted to do something where I could just flex my own creative muscles and have complete control over like what I'm creating and who I'm creating it for. And the idea of a clothing company just kind of came together. Um, I can be a little sassy. So I had a lot of sassy sayings already that I just wanted to put on t-shirts and I love graphic design. So I created some art and it's been fun. It's very low lift. Um, it's just like a creative outlet for me that happens to make some money. So Sweet. Yeah. Those are the best kind. Awesome. Right? Um, <laughs> I was wondering about what generation the two of you fall into. Are, are, are either of you millennials or are you actually, are you both millennials? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm a millennial. Okay. Yeah. It's the best generation. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I think I count as like the oldest millennial. I was born the in the elder 80. millennial. The elder millennial. I actually thought about getting that domain like six years ago. Um, <laughs> Do it. You know, it was one of those, it would have been a creative outlet. I would have never done anything with, you know, fair, fair. Um, but yeah. So having just hit 40, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on how you see the platform as a way for people to find jobs better and sort of digging a little deep. So you both laid out. Uh, how you 
how you specifically use the platform to help people get jobs or help yourself find a job. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on, you know, this, for me, the, the moment we're in, it's like the internet has upended everything, right? The industrial age is over. We are already occupying a different age of some sort. And it's been really disorienting. It seems like one way that it has been disorienting is around what our careers are supposed to look like, right? Where like our parents or our grandparents might've had thoughts of staying with the same company for 20, 30, 40 years. And God forbid I should stay at the same place for more than three years, right? Like then yeah. I, yeah. not only is that not going to happen, or, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not going to happen because I don't want it to happen. I'm going to leave it there. Um, <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I can I can go on this, and I also want to go one one thing back on what I was saying. I shouldn't say that like I didn't get influence from anyone. I wasn't. No one specifically was coming to mind, but I had a ton of networking conversations, like probably mm-hmm. like thirty to fifty Zoom calls. All those people helped me get creative on the platform. Specifically, one one guy, Jack Hilbrick. You probably know him. Oh, yeah. He was one that really did did strategize with me, and like he he's a good friend of mine. So. Did want to shout him out. But anyway, so that was one of the reasons why I couldn't transition for such a long time because I was stuck in my head. Like my parents had been in their jobs for so long. I'm like, why, why do I not like my job? Like why? And and I got my degree in this and all this. So that was a really big, big struggle for me. But I do think times have shifted, right? There's lots of opportunities. Companies need to be more strategic on how they're going to keep people there, I think. Um, I also don't think it should be looked at as bad as if you're wanting to hop, like, because first of all, if you want more money, sure, it's a great opportunity. Also, if you just want different experiences, I think that should be, shouldn't be looked down upon. Um, it's also a lot of work to ship jobs. So clearly that person's driven and motivated. Um, but I think that, yeah, there is a new way now too to get a job. Like it doesn't need to be just a resume submission, right? Like you can get in front of people without that. Um, and people should take it as, you know, having a conversation with that person and being able to dive in and, and ask questions on that first call, I think. And also just still, you could have a resume there that they could look over your experiences. But I think really it's coming down to, and I think Brianna just kind of hit it on this, Bri, um, that you you have to really get good at storytelling your, your accomplishments and your experiences and your thoughts and um, I think that's something that I learned having all those Zoom calls that I did while I was transitioning from education to tech. So yeah, that's some of my my thoughts on that. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, with our parents and older generations, you didn't have to, yes, they built careers, but they didn't have to build a career in the sense that they were, you know, like getting some other companies and figuring out what they wanted to do after they'd already started in a role. Like you found where you wanted to work and you stayed there. And, you know, that was, that was it. Um, And now it's more in depth. You're making more decisions. You're figuring out, do I like what I'm doing right now? Do I want to shift? How's the work culture? Do I want to stay in this environment? Um, So you have to think more critically and more intentionally about the decisions that you make. And that's where I think LinkedIn comes in because you have the opportunity to just connect with people. Like Julie said, just focus on the networking and take those steps and take those puzzle pieces and actually build that career for yourself um, and make the changes that you want to make. And I think that's really important. And storytelling is a huge part of it too, whether you're writing on LinkedIn or you're just figuring out how to tell your story in interviews, that's an important skill for any field. 
Yeah. And I think too, um, like another big realization I had getting on LinkedIn is like, I only was looking at jobs in my like area before that. Right. Cause I was like working mm-hmm. in a school and like, I was in a location stuck there. But then I was like, Whoa, like I could work in Utah. Like I could work for a company in Utah or like, and so it was just, that's another thing our parents didn't have. Like my parents didn't have that. They didn't have like the internet at their fingertips um, at the time, like the age that I was at. And like, so they didn't have all these opportunities. Like they just had the opportunities in their area. And so I think people were just like, okay, this is a job. And like, I stay in my job and I, I work to, to move up the ladder. And that's just like, that's what they had at the time. So it's like, we have so many more opportunities and we can create our opportunities. So it's just a mindset shift. Dennis, thank you for joining me here in what we're still calling Hustle Corner. Um, I appreciate your being, technically you're the second sponsor of a Linky Land episode. Um, And we're here to talk a a little bit about something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, A course you've come up with for writing a book. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you've come up with. Yeah, really, it, it it stemmed from a ton of people over the last couple of years reaching out and just saying, hey, I saw you wrote a book. Hey, I saw, you know, your marketing looked really well. Hey, I read your book and I love the way it read. And hey, I saw that you self-published it. And all these people were wanting to pick my brain. How did mm-hmm. you do that? What did that look like? And I was jumping on all these calls because I'm like, sure, let me show you what other people showed me. Um but eventually it got to the point where I don't have that much time <laughs> to have all those one-on-one calls. And I thought, boy, there's an opportunity here too, right? If this is something that people really want and, and need, maybe I can package it into a course and give them some material. And and so that's really where the idea came from. And at this point, you've written four books, most recently, The Accidental Solopreneur, which yeah. I was lucky enough to be one of the beta readers on. And I I really liked the book i i'm a fan of of the business uh fable genre and as i told you yours is a a very worthy addition to to that canon uh i've i first read the zero in formula um which i've heard you describe as what was your third book but the first one that you you really kind of took seriously it sounded like yeah um and and you and I've done you know, we've done one or two different sort of events around you know our putting books out um, at the same time when I was putting uh, in the creative arena uh, out into the world in September. Um, so with the so it's called the author's playbook, right? That's the name of the course. Yeah, right on. Um, and so who do you think it's for? Just about everything I do nowadays is for Dennis from a couple of years ago, right? Like you, you said, when I wrote my third book, the zero in formula, that's when I took it seriously. That's mm-hmm. when I really wanted to learn from other authors. How do you really write a good book? How do you really publish and market a good book? What are all the tips and, and and tactics and all that? But the reason I was writing a book three years ago was to try and enhance my credibility as a consultant. 
I don't fancy myself an author. I'm not a Stephen King or a John Grisham. Um, I'm a consultant, but I knew having a good book behind my name just exponentially increases your credibility. It puts your work out into the world. And I wanted to do that as part of my business. So I know there's tons of people that have reached out to me who are in that spot that Dennis from two years ago was in. And I'm like, yeah, you're not aspiring to be a John Grisham or a Stephen King either. You're aspiring to increase your credibility. You've got a system, a methodology, a process, a theological way of looking at whatever you coach or consult. Let's get that into a book, increase your credibility and get that out there. But it involves writing and editing and publishing and marketing. So you have, you have to know all those different pieces of, of the process. Mm. How clear of an idea does somebody need to have about uh, a book they could write to get started with, mm. with your course? It's a good question. Um, I have two schools of thought on when it comes to the process of writing a book. One is if you're writing a completely nonfiction book, like the zero in formula, it's more of a how to, you have to have a pretty good idea of what's your process, what's your structure, because that's going to translate well into a book. If you're writing more of a nonfiction book, which the zero in form or the, uh, the accidental solopreneur kind of crosses both bounds, it's, it's nonfiction mm -hmm. in a way where I've got a roadmap in there but it's told through a fictional story. Well, you don't have to have that whole story figured out. Um, in fact, it's probably better if you don't because it allows more for the creative process as you're writing. You don't wanna be sticking to a script. You wanna see where the characters take you as they develop and so on. So I guess it depends on the type of book you're writing and, and what your goals are for the book. But I mean, you have to have at least a pretty good understanding of, of who the book is for mm -hmm. and why they should read it. That needs to be solidified in your mind. I think. Mm -hmm. How much time does it take to get through the course? Uh, the video content is like an hour and 20 minutes, um, but I provide a workbook. So depending on how much time you want to take away and really think about it and work through the workbook, um, that's, that's up to you, but the content's about an hour and 20 minutes. Right on. And it's been out in the world for, a little bit now. I want to say about a month. Is yeah. Is that yeah? I think uh, I think early December 2022 is when it launched. So just okay, over, just a couple two months. months now. Uh, have you have you started getting some feedback on it? Yeah, tons of great testimonials. Nobody obviously has done the book or done the course and completely finished their book. They that would be uh that'd be uh, quite the feat. That would but, be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, the feedback <laughs> I'm getting is, wow, I went in with just some thoughts around a book. Now I've got clarity. Now I've got structure and I know what to expect. That's the biggest thing I think I found with the first two books I wrote is I didn't know what to expect. I was making it up as, a, as I went along and I knew that was not conducive for a good book mm -hmm. for, you know, something that's going to sell, something that people are going to enjoy you kind of need to know what is this roadmap and what is ahead of me after I'm done this, what comes next? So even though they've gone through the course and they haven't completed their book yet, 
they've got a roadmap in front of them and they know what to expect. It just takes away that unknown factor. Having spent a fair amount of time around people writing books myself, um, I can think of about 30 different pitfalls that, that we run into as writers who are becoming authors. Um, what would be one or two of your, your most essential pieces of advice for, for the aspiring first time author? Yeah. Critical, I think, to find a good editor, uh, especially an editor that specializes in the type of book that you're writing. When I wrote The Zero In Formula, it was a nonfiction business book. Now, there's all kinds of book editors out there, but I wanted somebody that specializes in nonfiction business books. So mm -hmm. that's the editor I looked for and, you know, looked at other books that she had edited and made sure that, you know, that's the same type of book that I'm writing. So that was important. When I when I wrote The Accidental Solopreneur, it's a non or it's a fictional business parable. So I wanted an editor that has experience editing fictional business parables. So that's critical because they're really going to act as a bit of a writing coach for you, especially mm -hmm. after they get your first draft of your manuscript and go, all right, sit down because we got some changes to make. So, <laughs> yeah. And I would echo that uh, yeah. editors are very essential. Yeah. The, the uh, other major pitfall I would say uh, is a lot of people, myself included with my first few books thought, well, marketing happens after. I'll, I'll write the book, I'll have the book edited, I'll publish the book, and then I'll think about marketing. Really, and what I tell people in the course is, your marketing strategy starts way early on in the process. Like almost around the same time you start writing the book, you start putting your marketing strategy in place uh, because a lot of it has to do with partnerships, relationships, um, leveraging influencers, so on. So I go into detail that in the course too, but don't make it an afterthought or something I can do down the road. It really does have to happen in parallel. I would echo that as well. <laughs> That's good. Uh, thanks for doing this, Dennis. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of you and your work and and I've I've learned a lot from from your content and from reading your books. So I I have no doubt that people are gonna get a lot of a lot of goodness out of that course. And thank you for doing this. Yeah, likewise, man. Big big fan of the podcast and uh, happy to make an appearance. As both of you were talking there. That idea that the number of decisions we have to make throughout our careers has skyrocketed is a really interesting idea that it's not only is it the number of companies we're going to work at has increased over the course of our lives. Like the industries are, have increased. The locations, to your point, Julie, have increased where we're no longer geographically limited. And uh, we also... I, as you were telling, I was thinking that idea that the jobs that, I mean, how like the, the thing that I'm doing today, I say is like a thing that 18 months ago, I didn't realize was a way people could make money where I'm like now building this business, helping law firms leverage LinkedIn. It wasn't on my radar that that was a thing at all. Right. So just this idea where you're like the, 
the jobs that we're having uh, are things that didn't exist. Like that pace of change has dramatically increased as well. Um, it's all pretty stressful, isn't it? <laughs> Is so, it though? I, like, I think it's exciting. Oh, I think I it's stressful it. if you don't have a strategy. Say more like about that. Structure. I mean, I was, I do mentor sessions through ADP list. And I had one the other day um, with a like UX UI designer. She's great at what she does, like looking for a new job. And she was getting pretty burnt out with the job search. And I just ask a ton of questions. I think that's just my go-to and kind of dug into the fact that she didn't have a, she doesn't have a plan or a system around any of it, whether it was networking or applying for jobs or how often she was applying for jobs or how she was tracking, you know, her applications. I think there are a few things that wouldn't become overwhelming or stressful if you didn't have a structure behind it. Um, and whatever works for you, like it could be a list, it could be a spreadsheet, impartial to spreadsheets, but you have to have something or else it's, it's just going to become too much, especially a platform when you're on a platform like LinkedIn, that's so big and there's so many people to talk to and so many jobs to apply for. It's going to be really, it's going to be a lot. Mm. Yeah, I can touch on that too. I think yeah, it can be super overwhelming. And I think that was, I mean, I didn't have another job. So I felt like I, you know, I could spend a lot of time, but it's, it's definitely like, you know, you, you kind of get lost and it's like any social media platform, right? Like you can spend time scrolling then you can spend time talking to whoever, and it's so easy to um, get lost. But I think Brie hit on the head. If you are very strategic and intentional about how you use the platform and how you're going to navigate to get a job, I think it'll be less stressful because you have this plan, you're documenting it, let's say um, in a spreadsheet or something too. But then too, like say you got 10 companies, five companies, you know that they have jo job openings, then you can start figuring out your plan. I also think, I think people are like, I want a new job. And then they start reaching out to people. And then it's like, well, do you, do you have your resume maybe in order just so you have that readily available for to share with someone? Do you have um, like, you know, your, your kind of your story documented of like how you want to communicate things. Do you have like what industry you want to target, like all those things. And if you don't have that, then they're kind of like, then you don't have anything to tell these people when you're trying to use your connections. And, and so I think you got to have like, people want to action and go out there and start doing things right away and submitting, you know, and, and that makes them feel good. But it's like, you actually have to do a lot of planning prior before you start submitting or actioning actioning things like you can still action things behind the scenes but I think people always think they need to like submit a resume or they need to go have 17 conversations before they actually plan in the back end got to be intentional mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense um well Brie in working with the the people that you're you're supporting with what you're building there are you finding that how to articulate this question i'm i'm wondering whether say like gen zers are paying attention to linkedin at all are they starting to come onto that platform in substantial numbers and if so i i have this i expectation that as they do like this generation of like truly digital natives, you know, like these people have grown up with it, that they're going to see the potential for creating on LinkedIn in a way that took, you know, like 
my 40 year old ass, like 12 years of being on LinkedIn <laughs> to be like, oh, I could post something that where I say something I care about. It took me 12 years to do that. Right. So I'm, I'm, seems like the platform's changing in a hurry. And my hunch is that it's going to change even faster and that it's going to be younger people, people who are now in their 20s, who are going to, in my mind, like be the tipping point for LinkedIn becoming a platform, quote unquote, for creators. Um, do you have any thoughts on that as to, am I off base? Am I not off base? I don't think you're off base. I don't know the, you know, specific statistics around it, but I do know, you know, the juniors and seniors in college and the new grads that I talk to are starting to, at the very least, they have a LinkedIn. They might not be creating content on it, but they have one. But I think TikTok is worth mentioning in this scenario. I think that's also drawing potential creators away, um, especially creators that would prefer to do video content that they know the algorithm will reward. I know TikTok's big on like photo carousels right now, but I, I'm curious to see how that plays a role because I see a lot of LinkedIn creators also going over to TikTok. So what does that mean for new creators, like especially in the Gen Z space that maybe have both platforms? Um, I didn't really answer your question. I just asked another one, but that's that's what I'm noticing. That's what I've been thinking a lot about. I mean, there's more and more like career content on TikTok. So that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Well, and it seems so much energy is just gravitating toward TikTok that I heard something yeah. last week from Nick Rayburn who tracks such thing that like now TikTok is the has like surpassed uh Google. Oh, Google? Yeah. Like that's really hard to wrap the mind around. It is. I honestly feel old when I hear that because I tried it. I'm like, this is not working for me. I need Google. I can't use TikTok as a search engine, but I support people to do it. I'm still blown away by that though. Are you creating on TikTok at all? Or Ugh, no, I've been thinking about it. I'm conflicted, but Where's I talked to, uh, I don't like video content. I love to write. Like writing is just my go-to. It has been since I was a kid and I don't know. I don't want to. I've always been behind the camera. I've been the photographer mm. been the videographer. I don't want to be the person <laughs> in front of it. I can understand that. And I was yeah. going to mention that about how your stuff is. Uh, yeah. Let's say like 90% plus is like straight text, which I feel like is oh, yeah. al almost an anomaly at this point that there are very, that you're actually super text heavy, which also I think speaks to how effective you are, that you're growing at the rate you are, um, you know, without any, any of the kind of games that, that, that we play. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's mostly me just rebelling. Cause I refuse to do carousels. I don't want to do videos. I'm it's like, it's just not going to happen. And people, you know, I, I hear all the rules don't do don't do super long content. Like make sure you don't have to scroll to read it or, you know, make sure you put a CTA at the end and I'm just out here just winging it. But I think that, and similar to Julie's content, like I think that just speaks to the fact we don't really filter ourselves. I think people can like go to Julie's page and I just learn from her. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I don't feel like she's trying to sell me something. I don't feel like she's writing something that she thinks people want to hear. And at the end of the day, whether it's video, whether it's photos, whether it's text, I think that's what people are looking for. Just real, just real thoughts and real experiences. Yeah, that's spot on. Um, Julie, did you have anything, any thoughts on any of what I was, we were just jabbering about? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, you get on LinkedIn and then there's, you hear all the algorithm stuff, you know, it's like start doing video, video's not going, nobody's doing video, there's so much opportunity there, like, you know, you see everyone popping on these carousel trains and things and like, I'm kind of like the stubborn one where I'm like, I don't want to do everything everyone's doing, so I kind of do boycott things like maybe, maybe Brianna's just doing her thing, right, she's not even boycotting, but I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to do a carousel because everyone's No, doing I'm boycotting. <laughs> That's how I am too. So I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. But um, honestly, I think, and like Brianna, I think she's, she's such a good writer. First of all, there's never fluff, but then also like, she's so specific to her niche too. And, and, but she's great at storytelling. So I think her text and she doesn't need anything else, right? Like her writing is just great. But I think, um, I think what I like in creators and she kind of touched on this is like, I like originality and I like people's personalities coming through. And so like, I can see that with hers, I can see it with other people. So I think that's why certain people are growing so fast. Like it doesn't even need to be like, I need to post 17 selfies or I need to do these carousels or I need to do anything else. It's just like, they're just showing their personality and their real thoughts and, mm -hmm. and lessons. So then people can feel that coming through. And so that's why I I've done a little video and I've liked it, but I'm a true writer, I think, versus video. So that's why I stick to writing too. And that's why I haven't been on TikTok. Like my next one would be Twitter. Right on. Yeah, I I have become a proponent of video. I do think that's, it's, as the bots come for us, the video is going to take longer <laughs> for, for them to figure out how to do it better and we can do it. But um, Julie, have you thought about Medium at all? I think some people have mentioned that to me. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This is like the blog site, right? Or where you can just post yeah. articles and things. I see people doing it simultaneously. Like if they're really big on writing on LinkedIn, they might be on Twitter, but they also, they might not advertise it, but they seem to have a Medium account too. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. I no, I haven't ever really thought about it, but have you, do you have one? I created an account. Oh, nice. <laughs> just sitting there, but we'll see. Oh, cool. I'll have to dive into it then too, but cool. Yeah, it's a little nifty. Yeah, that idea of, uh, well, someone introduced me to this idea of a, they call it a posse method, but it's like post on own site, syndicate elsewhere, like for writers in, in the digital landscape, like finding a way to where that primary place we're putting our stuff isn't on a platform that's owned by somebody else. Like just that idea yeah. of like having, yeah. and that's one of the nice things about Medium. I think is like you actually, eh, was it? Eh. Actually, that may be Substack. Yeah, Medium I think maybe the prop. That's like the problem with Medium is that you don't own your. Eh. I'm I'm getting a little, a little crossways in mm -hmm. my in my thinking, but yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Substack, you collect email addresses, which is mm -hmm. the same thing with LinkedIn. People are mentioning like even if you start a newsletter, you don't own. The you newsletter. Know. Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah. yeah, the adventures of the digital age. Um, I, I'm so sorry that this needs to be an abbreviated recording, um, due to family obligations that have come up this afternoon. I would 
I have like another 12 questions for y'all. <laughs> um, maybe I can talk you into running it back one of these days when, when this podcast gets just, it's, it becomes the, the be all end all of, exactly. of podcasts about LinkedIn, right? We can do a part two and try and schedule it for like six months and then, it, you know, eventually talk. <laughs> I was so mad when, and it, I mean, it was a health issue that came up. So I can't be mad, but like, these poor people, these poor people are so gracious <laughs> to come talk to me. And then we just keep needing to reschedule. Um, but uh, where, aside from your LinkedIn profiles, obviously, should we be directing people to learn more about you or what you do? Go ahead, Brie me first so yeah linkedin is probably the main place you can also find me at the career lab which is the career lab.co and then i am launching an online publication next month so if you follow me on linkedin you'll find out about that then teaser yeah and i'm the gonna be in her and i'm i'm gonna be in her dms right after this asking about that Basically. but um <laughs> but um yeah, you just can find me on LinkedIn right now. I'm not I'm not doing anything extra at this time. So yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. Cool. Thank you both for doing this. This was fun. This is great. Yeah, this is awesome. All right. Thank you for listening as always. And please check out the author's playbook. I've got the link in the show notes. If you have thought about wanting to write a book. Um, I know there are a ton of pitfalls. What Dennis has come up with may be what you're looking for. Uh, I also, as you may have known, have a book in the creative arena. You can check that out uh, in the show notes as well, going to Amazon. And then also, I've got a new newsletter. It's called The Linked Lawyer describe it as the intersection of the law and LinkedIn. Um, even if you're not in the legal industry, you might find it interesting. Is it, It's mainly just my thoughts on the opportunities that we have as creators on LinkedIn. And a lot of the things I'm talking about apply to a lot of different industries. I'm just using uh, language that's specific to the legal profession, but uh, you could pretty easily substitute words so that it applies to whatever industry you're in. All right, that's enough out of me. Thank you for listening. I will see you out there in Lincoln Land.